Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night here on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight you're listening to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain offers an open and candid dialogue platform in which you can discuss issues involving sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addiction, depression, just to name a few. Join us tonight with your host, Janoris, Tasha, Tammy, and Tony. Hello, good evening everybody. Tonight is September 15th, 2016, and we want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain. I'm one of the hosts for tonight's show. My name is Janoris, and I just want to say how much I enjoy having the opportunity to be a part of this platform. Breaking the Silence really is exploding. We are reaching so many people both here on the show and on our Facebook page. We we literally have members from around the world, and I'm really blessed to be a part of this. I also get to work with three of my favorite people, these people I love and admire so much, our co-hosts, and that would be Tony, Latarsha, hey. Hello, and Mark Anthony. Thank you for that lovely round of applause. Our topic tonight is divorce. When is enough really enough? Now, anybody that has been married will probably agree that all marriages have their ups and downs. And generally when issues come up, you know, we have disagreements. That's just a part of life. And so, you know, you might get mad, you might give your partner the silent treatment, at some point you might sit down and kind of talk things out, and, you know, if you can talk them out and solve them and move on, that's great, but sometimes uh, people kind of hold on to things and they keep them. I I call that keeping an arsenal of things, and so, you know, you think that they have been resolved, but that person has kind of tucked them away. And so when you get into another disagreement at some point, they bring all of these things out. So um, I was doing some research, and I, I, I read some information from a marriage counselor uh, by the name of Aaron Anderson, and he was talking about things that you want to look out for uh, that would be considered warning signs. So, Tony, this is this number one of the warning signs stated that if there is abuse or neglect going on in the marriage. Now, abuse can be either physical, emotional, or verbal. And these are your red flags. These are the things that should make you go ding, 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 something is not right because under no circumstances, under no circumstances whatsoever, is that acceptable. So you, you, you want to you take a critical look at that if that's the case. Uh, the second thing, uh, Tasha, they were saying, uh, if your partner is withdrawing from the relationship, kind of checking out. So, you know, you have these uh, disagreements, arguments, or whatever, and sometimes you might have it more than one time. And so the partner can, you know, kind of just glaze over, not even really listen. So that's that's a warning sign. They call that checking out. The third one, Mark Anthony, is, if you're always apologizing but your spouse is not. So it's always one person that's taking the, how do you say, higher ground to want to try and work through and make things okay. And so, you know, want to apologize and kind of move forward with that. And the fourth one, really important one, is if your partner has some kind of an addiction. Because sometimes I have come to learn that 
when you are in a relationship and things are not going well and that person has an addiction, you tend to kind of look at what's going on and you ask yourself, is this, you know, my my loved one or is this the addiction in action, like trying to separate the two. So that can be really, really tricky. So, Tony, I'm going to pass it over to you. What do you think? Am I muted? I'm not muted, am I? Can you oh, hear yeah. me? Either that or I didn't take my medication this morning. Well, I think with <laughs> divorce, um, I, I'm going to be honest, I had my dog at my homework, but I can speak off my head. Divorce to me, I look at it as a final thing in a marriage. But it turns out that just like everything else that I've researched that we've done, it says common. <laughs> and um, it, to be such a tragic uh, event, I've never been divorced, but I, I've got friends, uh, close friends that, that have gotten divorced. And to be such a tragic um, outcome, uh, what appears to be a tragic, out, a tragic outcome, outcome, it it's something that affects every part of your life uh, at some point. So, with the topic being when is enough enough, um, and I'm going to get into this later in the show. I think that I, I don't have any fancy statistics, and I really didn't want it for for, for this particular show. I really kind of wanted to uh, to be a little raw, a raw kind of raw with it. Um, I think that each couple has a different level of um, what you can take, and there are some men in marriages that put more on. The, their spouse that they should have to bear, and there are some women that put more on their husbands than they should bear. And I think that a good start for me with this tonight, without getting too much into what I want to talk about, is to say that I think it's it becomes inevitable at some point when the communication totally starts to break down. And I've got something I wanted to add to that, but to be short and to be to have my first close tonight, I just want to say that in my in my opinion, all these other factors are important, but when the communication actually breaks down, I think that's one of the the the, the main things that I see uh, is a, um, um, a a frontal to a demise in the marriage because once the communication breaks down, there are some other things, but even if it's trust, if you don't have communication, I think that's when enough becomes enough because you can't feed each other with knowledge from each other's head that can somehow possibly, uh, in some cases, work it out. So to be short, uh, that's what I'm going to get into a little bit later on the show on my spiel. But there's a person that's going to speak after me that's a lot smarter than me, and that's Natasha. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so you just had to throw me out there. Okay, well, <laughs> I remember um, posting um, on Facebook. This was um, probably about three or four years ago. Um, I was posting on Facebook, and I said, when is enough enough? And I had a cousin who posted and said, when you have to ask yourself that question. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty profound. (laughs) Well, I, I really, divorce to me is like a walk in death. And I really don't believe in divorce, but I don't believe in abuse either, you know. And mm. it took me 13 years of emotional abuse to really say enough was enough. You know, after my husband had went outside the marriage and he made three children outside of the marriage. And, you know, we had went to therapy, counseling, um, 
we had went to um, sexual addiction um, groups and, you know, attended um, marriage counseling through the church. Then we had overseers um, that kind of took us under their wing. And there still was no true repentance. You know, the infidelity continued throughout the whole marriage. And I got to my breaking point where, you know, I said enough was enough, and I just couldn't do it. It just was sucking all the life out of me. You know, it made me completely lose myself. So, you know, I think that enough is enough is going to be on an individual basis. Because I don't... um, think that just because one person tolerated as much as I did, another person may have walked away a long time ago. What are your thoughts, Mark Anthony? Well, I happen to agree, Joshua. Uh, It really, really depends on the person. Each individual have a different tolerance level. But as uh, Tony, Tony hit that nail on the head, as we say, communication is the key. And I will also talk about that a little bit later. But enough is enough. You know, you, you know when enough is enough when you, when you stop spending time with each other, okay? You're too mm. busy, and that's by choice, okay? Right. Uh, it, that, that, when you're always fighting, when you're fighting about the dishes or who took out the trash, or who ate the last biscuit or a piece of chicken. You see, that's when you know right there that you still have to have problems, all right? No, no kidding. Yeah, that chicken, Those little arguments, you know. I want church and chicken, though. I want Kentucky fried. You know what I'm saying? It's those little things exactly. like that. Those little things like that. And before you know it, it blows up. Uh, when there's no more affection anymore. You know, remember those little night-night, and I love you, and I'm hugs, and holding hands, when that's gone. So when you start seeing some of those signs right there, that's when you know that you're getting to that point. But now, and my rest of my hosts, they were talking about marriage, and that this holds true in marriages, but it also holds true in relationships of all kinds, whether you're married or whether you're going together. So maybe it's not a, a enough is enough as far as divorcing, but maybe enough is enough that that's not the person for you. And later on, I'm going to tell you why enough is enough may not be a bad thing. It very well be the very best thing that could ever happen to you. Okay? So, Janaris, you take it away. <laughs> All right, I can I can definitely speak to this because this is really relevant in in my life. So, um I was married for more than 25 years and um I am recently divorced. I've been divorced just about 3 months now. And so, um it took me a while before I um was ready to as they say pull the trigger. Because, you know, my husband was an alcoholic, and for a great period of our marriage, uh, he was dealing with his addiction, and and I, as his wife and someone who loved and cared about him deeply, I felt like it was the thing for me to do as his wife and his friend to try my best to help him get to sobriety. So a lot of time um, in our marriage was you know, um, kind of counteracting to uh, what was going on with him and and his active drinking. And it got to a point where, you know, he was really self-destructing. And I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision uh, that, you know, I can't stop you from doing this, but I certainly can stop you from doing it in front of me and our son because that was just, you know, totally unfair. People have a right to do what they want to do as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of other people. I feel like that. And so, you know, um, he finally um, came to the conclusion that he needed to get some help, and he did, and he went to uh, rehab and and got sober and has been sober now, I think, about six years, for which I'm very grateful to God and very proud of him for because that's huge. So um, when he got sober, I thought, all right, you know, now 
he is sober, he is no longer drinking, he's no longer on the influence, and so now I can get my husband back. And I could not have been more wrong because I got to realize that the person that I was married to was someone that I didn't even know because I had never known him as a sober man. And, um, you know, he made some choices to go outside of the marriage, and, you know, I felt like after everything that we had gone through, you're sober now and this is still your choice, then that's enough for me. So that's when I made my decision. I was like, you know, I don't have anything else to give you, so you go and you find what it is that, you know, you need. And so divorce for me was freeing and um, liberating, and it just let me know that there is life beyond. And just because a person is in your life right now does not mean that they are intended to be there in that same capacity forever. So we've all heard people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. You know, he'll forever be a part of my life because we do share a child and we have family and we have memories. But, you know, it doesn't mean that it is a sentence where you can't, um, you have to not be happy and you have to be subjected to, you know, a relationship of um, non-communication and and non-affection and any of those things. So you can make a decision for yourself. And I'll just say, you know when it's time. It seems like your general consensus is enough is enough when you are no longer happy. That's what I'm hearing. When you're no no longer happy uh, and enjoying life, enough is enough. And I think that is uh, different for everybody. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for sharing that with us. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I see a lot of people uh, on the board, coming on the board, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. If you want to, you know, be a part of our conversation, please uh, just press one and our engineer will uh, put you in queue. And if you know somebody who uh, could benefit from this conversation, why don't you give them a call? We're going to take a few moments, go on a break, and then we'll come back. You are with Tony, Janoris, Latarsha, and Mark Anthony, Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain. We'll be back in a few. This is the Soul of America Radio. If you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. Worldwide Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. Sexual abuse. Emotional abuse. Addiction. And depression. Domestic violence. We are breaking the silence, healing the pain. Remember, if you want to join us on the show, dial 323 784 9638 and press 1 if you want to speak on the air. And now, back to the show, and our hosts, Janoris, Latarsha, and Tammy. Wow. And we are back. Hey, everybody, did we lose anybody? No, we did not. I've been lost. I've been lost. I've been lost. I've been lost for a long time. Well, we missed you last week, <laughs> so I'm glad to see you sitting in that seat. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's oh, my goodness. With that, but that's okay. What, she going to make you push out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about um, one of the things that uh, Dr. Aaron was talking about in um, – one partner always apologizing to another spouse. Have you uh, known people that have you've witnessed that in, or has that been a part of any experience that you've had personally? 
I know I have. <clears throat> I know I have also. Yeah. And I, I felt that I, I felt um, myself talking about um, having a conversation, and I was bringing things up that hurt me and how your partner can, your mate, I mean, your, your spouse can transfer that, and by the time you finish talking, you end up apologizing for your own hurt. Is that's that what right. talking about? Jay, is that yeah, what I you're can... talking about? Yeah, yes, that's what I'm talking about, exactly. Right. And yeah, so at I... the time when you're doing the apologizing, are you really sorry for what it is that you've done, or are you just saying it to kind of make the peace so that you can move on? No, you're ex- they actually can transfer. Like if you bring up a topic and you say, you know, when you came in, you know, the energy that you brought, you know, you made me feel attacked. And, you know, you'll, you'll, because, you know, you, you know you feel your own pain. And when somebody hurts you, you feel that. And when you bring it to their attention and say, okay, you know, I'm just giving this as a prime example. You came in, you know, you, you, you were very mean, you sound cruel, you know, you was being critical, you know, this not done, that's not done. And then when you express those things and then they transfer and say, well, you know, I had a rough day and, you know, start transferring it. And by the time you finish, you walk away saying you're sorry. And you, and you actually start feeling bad and beating yourself up for even bringing up how you were actually feeling. Wow. So I've, right. I've walked away many days, you know, with apologizing because I felt wrong for feeling for my feelings being hurt. Mm-hmm. What they did, they executed a, what they call a transference of guilt. Made, right. It made you feel bad for expressing the way you were feeling. All right? That's right. what happened. Uh, in my case, I apologized just to keep the peace, to keep things moving, and making excuses <laughs> Uh, for the other person, and that is really no good. And that's when I came to the conclusion then, as I still stand by it today, enough is enough when Mark Anthony is not happy. Because when Mark Anthony is not happy, nobody's going to be happy. (laughs) Think about about it. Think about it. We learn all in life, first law of nature is self-preservation. But we fall in love. We fall in love. Sometimes we fall in love with being in love. And what we do is we tend to put other others first. And the the biggest mistake that we all make is we tend to think that others are going to talk to us or treat us as we treat them. That is our biggest mistake. We have to accept people for who they are because they are an individual, and they may not reciprocate the same way as we give. And we have to be prepared for that. And if we discuss these things, which I'm not going to take away from Tony because we really got to get into that communication, but if we discuss these things initially, that will sort of solve that problem of growing apart and getting to that point where enough is enough. Right. Tony, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you, okay? I'm not going, I'm not going to tell it all. I'm going to give you a little bit, okay? How about that? <laughs> I appreciate that. I think we got somebody that wants to uh wants to pitch in on our conversation. Yeah, we do. We have Charles waiting on the line for us. Let's bring him on and let him join this conversation. Hello, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. Great. Good, good. Man, y'all y'all have got an awesome conversation going on tonight. <laughs> um, I, I I could I couldn't help but but want to chime in tonight and uh, kind of give my point of view on a few things. Uh, I was listening to Janaris when she was talking about dealing with her husband and addiction and what happened after 
he was clean. Uh, he, I, I, anytime I talk, since you know, I'm a minister. I, I'm going to bring it to you in a biblical sense. Okay. Anytime a person gets free of an addiction and gets free of that addiction without God, he's only going to trade that addiction for another one. Or he'll lose one and pick up two, one or two more. That's just the way it is. I've I've seen it all too many times. Because, see, I came from an addictive uh, uh, atmosphere and addictions myself. And a lot of my friends that were able to kick the addiction, they went, they kicked one addiction but picked up two or three more. Like one of my friends picked, you know, he stopped getting high. He had a cocaine addiction. Well, he kicked the coke addiction, but then he picked up gambling smoking weed, and women. Okay, so he left one and picked up three. Uh, There's a scripture scripture that says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Trust me, that's about as real as the hand in front of your face. When God sets you free from your addiction, you're free from addiction, period. Okay, right. that means you Amen. don't get rid of drinking and pick up chasing women, or you don't get rid of cocaine and pick up gambling and smoking weed. Okay, that I mean that's that, that from my experiences, that's what I've seen, and it is so real. Now, in, in my case, I went from being in the streets being a street hustler to being incarcerated, getting cleaned up and getting married to a lady that I had a child for that was 10 years old when I married her. Right. Come to find out she was just, she was a little bit. Okay. You said she was 10 years old. My daughter was. Oh, oh man. <laughs> my daughter was ten years old <laughs> when I married this show. lady. Gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. another show. But but I'm getting ready to tell you what happened. Okay, when I was in the world, I had all of these. You know, I had all of these addictions, right? Okay, when mm. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, she and I got married, and she got. She got a clean Charles. She got a Charles that was drug-free, <laughs> alcohol-free, nicotine-free, uh, uh, street-free. All I did was church work in the jail. Would you believe that she wasn't happy with the transformed Charles, that she rather would have had the uh, street-addicted Charles? I can wow. believe that, yeah. Wow. But because so, she had become accustomed to that, and that's all she knew. It's not right. right. That's the way I think. I think she had become accustomed to you that. You hit the nail, Tony. You hit the nail on the head. Right. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You know because well, sometimes. Go go ahead. Well, let me ask you a question then. In that case, like uh, you used uh, Janoris' situation, um, you said, "Well, if he isn't clean by God." then he's going to go back and, you know, do such and such. So it sounds like your your position might be that uh, if he gets clean, um, he should, should they attempt to reconcile in some kind of way if there hasn't been too much distance? Is that what you're saying, that, that biblically uh, they should be, try to get joined back together? Uh, of course you should try But this is the thing Tony Sometimes there's so much hurt That's caused During addiction Till it doesn't matter when you get clean You, The person that you did all this harm to Might be Permanently damaged mm-hmm. And, and that happened yeah. Right I yeah. can understand that 
I can understand that. Yeah. I can see that. Also. Yeah. That 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 happens in a lot of relationships, but the thing is, you don't get clean for your spouse or your significant other. You get clean for yourself. That way, you're able to accept whatever happens after that. Some people, some people don't though. Right. All yeah, I know is, I'm listening, Tony. No, go ahead. All I know is, is see, a lot of times we can get clean. We get clean on our own. All we need is to is a change of people, places, and things. And if we can just stay away from the alcohol or stay away from the drugs and the people that's doing it, then we're drug-free. But we're drug-free until a crisis comes about in our life and either we revert back to what's familiar or we go to something else. Hmm. Which is we pick up another addiction. Right. That's when... That's when that's when you only got clean because you were able to stay away from what was causing your addiction. Okay. Right. Can, so, can, can so, you understand so, what I'm saying there? Charles, I got a question for you, if you don't mind. So are you saying yeah. that if you, if you become clean without uh, getting God involved, that there's uh-huh. no possibility for you to stay clean? You say there's no possibility. Can you become clean, all right, without turning your life over to Christ? Yes. And uh, uh, does that mean that if you don't turn your life over, that the possibility of you staying clean uh, is almost nil because you'll just find another vice? That's what I'm saying. See, what, what happens, Tony, is... Now, a lot of people structure it. Uh, when you go to AACA meetings, they don't use the term God. They use the term your higher being. Higher yeah, your higher being, a higher power. So whoever that is, it, to, you, to, to somebody it might be Buddha, it might be Allah, it might be Hare Krishna, it could be God, what, whatever. Whatever you believe in is your higher power. But if you don't have a higher power and you get clean on your own, the first time the storm comes back into your life, you revert back to what's familiar or you pick up another habit or two. Okay. If if you've ever been around... Anybody that has had a serious addiction and they got clean based on just you uh, walking the 12 steps, as they call it, and walking it and putting all their faith in meetings and people without that higher power, I guarantee you the, the habit that they dropped they picked up two or three somewhere else. Okay. Now, that, wow. that Charles. Habit, it, it could be work. It could be work. Uh, they might get addicted to work. Uh, I, I mean, there's so many other things, man, that that we, we don't look at as addictions, but they're there. Right, right. Yeah. Charles, I, I really appreciate that input, man. Um, you are absolutely right. Uh, thank you for your call. You are absolutely right. A lot of times we get caught up in addictions, but, you know, there's lots of other things, um, Charles. There's um, the gambling. There's the infidelity. Now, I think a big one outside of what you was talking about, Charles, was infidelity. Uh, we could do a whole show. Matter of fact, we've done a whole show on that. <laughs> I, I think that I think that that's a big one too. That's like the elephant on the block. And then you've got anger management. Lord, have mercy on my soul. Anger, anger, 
there will mm-hmm. tear a marriage up. It will have, you know, you see those wrestlers faking like they're angry. But when you got to, let me tell you, I'm going to say this, and the, and the ladies ain't going to like it. But in the Bible, it says that it's better to live on a tin roof, on the corner of the roof, than to live in the same house with an angry woman, or slash man, to be politically correct. Amen to that. Correct. We'll tear it apart. Yes, now, I just is. preached on that, Charles. I, I, you need to have <laughs> me down at your church, brother. <laughs> right. I got to agree. So, got to agree. So, so the thing that 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 makes the anger like that anger comes from a place. So let's explore that. Let's let's explore that because that's true. So. Um, mm. But you know, not not everybody, not everybody acts out in their anger. Like I know right. um, you see on television, like people will, you know, they find out this. Uh, say for instance, a woman finds out that her husband is cheated or whatever, then she might take his clothes and throw them outside on the lawn, and you know, scream and break the car window and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, that's. That's uh, that is a behavior, and that is probably fueled by anger. But is she right? Is she wrong? Is she wrong for doing that? No, she's not wrong. No, 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 no. She is exactly right. She is exactly right for doing that. And the reason why I say she's exactly right is because usually when a woman or a man get to that point, depending on their mental capabilities or stability rather, all right, they have gone through a lot to bring them to that point. See, and they're still not ready sometimes to say enough is enough. They're just expressing that that anger. So it's not necessarily wrong for her to do that. However, as Tony said at the beginning of this show, all of this can be resolved if what communication Communication. is involved. (laughs) Communication is the key. You have to be able to discuss and express your feelings, and you can't worry about how they're going to take it, whether they're going to accept it or not. And your partner should allow you to express yourself, whether it be good or bad, because that is the only way you'll know when things are going right or when things are going wrong. Janaris, you said in the beginning uh, when he was talking about about people building up an arsenal. That happens. Why? Because that party doesn't communicate. They listen, they watch things happen, and they refuse to say something. Now they got all these things going through their head, and all of a sudden they just unleash and unload. When if you dealt with it piece by piece, issue by issue, you might have been able to resolve it. Then you won't be arguing over over the biscuits. You see what I'm saying? You take it as it happens. Be honest. I tell everybody in the beginning of a relationship, be yourself. Don't try to impress. Be who you are, the good, the bad. Have no fear. Have no problem telling your partner what you like, what you don't like. Keep it real. Keep it real. That way they know, and hopefully they will do the same and encourage them to do the same. Also, you need to encourage them that when things are looking bad or they're feeling upset, even if they think it's going to offend us, for them to tell us because we have to know. People and ladies, you're not going to like this at all, but I'm going to tell you one thing that I have learned. Most women think that men are mind readers. We cannot read your mind. We barely understand what you say because you say do it. And we already know if you tell us to go do something, we better not go do it. Okay, but you've got to express how you feel. Communication, that is number one. And with that tool, with that tool right there, you can almost save any relationship and you can almost solve any problem. Well, I agree with you, Mark Anthony. I I agree with you totally that communication is the key. But here's the thing. Communication takes two willing parties. Yes, that's what I said, both. That's what I said. Yeah, it takes two willing parties. And and oftentimes, you know, there is one person who is, you know, sitting there while you are, you know, giving, giving them your opinion or your side or your view, 
And rather than listening to what it is that you're saying, they're sitting up right now thinking, oh, well, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this and what about that? So they're not even really listening. They're not even taking in what you're saying because they are creating their counter move. So I agree, communication is very important, but it's also important that both parties, because one person cannot save a relationship, one person cannot make a marriage, one person cannot, you know, it it it, it just it, that doesn't work. It just does not work. And you want to you want to talk about something frustrating? I'm going to tell you something frustrating. Frustrating is having a conversation with somebody, and they don't have any feedback. They just sit there and they just and don't have any feedback whatsoever. That's some frustrating stuff. And then you get into the point of the shutdown because after doing that for so long, I'm like, okay, well, I'm checking out of this because it's not getting anywhere. It's like you marching in time. You very frustrating. I agree. I agree with you. I agree. And when you when you having a one way conversation. Once or twice, and that's what you're getting, no feedback, that's the time to then to start looking to exit that relationship because it's not working. Right. Amen. It does take two. It does, I guarantee you, it does take two. You're so, so right about that. I couldn't agree with you more. Ooh, we got a lot of wow. people on the board. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, if anybody wants to join in on this conversation, please give us a call at 323-784-9638 and talk to our handsome engineer, and he'll get you in the queue. I'm sorry, Tony, what were you about to say? I was going to say, you know, back up on that in anger. I guess what I'm saying is uh, when you look at the title of the show, Divorce, when is enough really enough? I picture somebody that is at wit's end. What comes to my mind is somebody that can't work because they're entangled in the falling relation, the failing marriage. I picture somebody that can't sit through church and listen to a message because they're struggling on the inside. I picture children that are with their mom and dad in a car just praying that they don't argue on the way to church or argue on the way back or worse than that fight in the parking lot I, i've seen couples fight in the bible school parking lot I, mm. I picture somebody sitting in a room scared to death or just filled with fear and 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 anger because their spouse is going to be home soon and it's a certain time they didn't do this right this didn't happen right and i picture somebody at their last wits with this. Uh, I, I don't picture the normal anger because anger has its place, but it's one of the seven deadly sins. So that means it's a sin. And and I mm-hmm. think that I think that when anger gets to the point where like Mark Anthony was saying, communication is disrupted and and like you were saying, you know, when it gets to that point where you can't talk you can't reason, and both of you have your positions because, like you said, you know, it takes two people. My, I'm, I'm shutting down because you're always angry. You're always angry because of something I'm doing. There's a communication gap, and I think that anger breaks up more relationships than anything else because, get this, if a person has infidelity in a marriage, I still think it's possible to work it out if both of you can sit down rationally and discuss yes. it, but if yes. you're burning, right. burning clothes in a BMW, if you're <laughs> spray painting somebody's car, if you're slicing tires, if you're doing all this uh, uh, scratching people's cars and digging into that anger, then you say, yeah, you fooled around on me. I want out of this. But I think if you can sit down, there's nothing. You can't straighten out in a marriage. If you can get you. anger out the picture, that's what I think. Thank you. That's my story, and I'm sticking Thank to you. it. Well, I agree hold with you. on to that. I agree with you, too. But hold on to that, Tony, because I lived it, you know. And when you say, you know, the, the getting angry, fighting through your emotions, mm-hmm. the hollering, the breaking the iPads, breaking the cell phones, and you know, because you 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 find and you know about uh, outside relationships. 
You know, <laughs> I'm not telling on myself, okay? I'm just explaining okay, to you. <laughs> Okay, okay, go ahead. Hey, I'm sorry. Cell phones yeah. and iPads in your state, but okay. I get it. But the thing, when you say enough is enough, you know, as a, as a Christian woman, you know, you want to do the right thing. And I do believe that you can work through the infidelity if, if your spouse went outside the marriage. I do truly believe that you can work through that. Working through that, that person has to be willing to do whatever it takes to earn that trust back. Yep. And you don't have that in all the relationships. I think that in my situation, I believe that my husband would allow that wound to get a little scab, and then he would just snatch that scab right back off by doing it again. So if you're constantly doing, you know, constantly having these, having affairs, and then you you get to that breaking point where you know, well, he's never going to change. And you look back over the years and you say, wow, it's been over ten years, and you're still doing the same thing for such a long time. And you want to make it work because you want to do things the right way. Trying to be a Christian, you want to make your marriage work, you don't want to break up your family, because the divorce is hard. My divorce is not finalized, but it's it's like a living death. I mean, it, it's so painful because it's not like I don't love my husband. I still love my husband, but I could not deal with the abuse. And that is the painful part. So when you say, I, I, when I hear enough is enough, you get to this breaking point where it's going to either be your marriage or your life because I felt like all of my life was sucked out of me. I was in this dark place, and I couldn't see. I kept saying, well, when is enough going to be enough? And I told you about the post, and she said, well, you have to ask yourself the question. (laughs) (laughs) You are probably there. (laughs) So, you know, but and, it's, it's, and, you know, as I spoke earlier, you know, for people, you know, I know women that look at me and say, I can't believe you went through all of that. It's no way humanly possible I could have done it. You know, but it's like, and, Tony, you know, it's like Tony and Jay said, uh, both of you have to want it. You wanted it. That's why you went through what you went through, because you wanted it. Right. Okay. It takes two. Yeah. It definitely takes two. Okay, well, we see, oh, hey, we see you, Gia, on the line holding. We see you, Felicia. Hi. Oh, we also have uh, Ward Ellington Jr. holding. Okay, you want to speak to us? Hey, Ellington Jr. Hello. Can you, hi. Welcome Hello, to the show. Hello, how y'all doing? Hello, okay. how are you? Okay, y'all got a good one going. <laughs> and um, I came in a little earlier, and I think by the time that um, you get individual wardrobes turned into confetti or <laughs> you get uh, the BMW turned into the Molotov cocktail or you get it sitting <laughs> on all flats, the windows knocked out, I think that you have reached the point where you're not going right. to try to be rational right. because it didn't work the last time. It didn't work the time before that. It didn't work the time before that. I'm tired of trying to be rational. I see I'm going to hit them where it hurts because I'm hurting. I want to love this person. I really want it to work, but now I'm going to hit it where it hurts. And I just got to release because obviously you can tell that they care about more of those things than they do to resolve your relationship. So I think a person just strikes out and hit them where it hurts. Do you think it's more vindictive? I agree. I think it's a, a, a point of vindictiveness because, I mean, you try it. You, 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 you give your best, right? You've tried. Mm-hmm. And when a person makes up their mind, 
they see they spent all this time shining up that beam. Well, they came in here and spoke to me. They hadn't acknowledged this and that. So you're going to right. strike out and hit them where it hurt because you hurt. Uh, all that iPad, yeah, yeah. You know, that iPad, <laughs> all, that, all, that, all that stuff that don't even matter. <laughs> yeah. So do you, you think know. that that, that, that releasing of that anger, that that's a cry to, to say, look, I'm hurting here. I'm look hurting. at what you're doing. I'm trying, trying to, to get your trying attention. To get I'm trying to get attention. your attention. Yeah. Because so, I'm really trying to get your attention because I'm going to hit you in the places that I know where you're spending most of your attention. Yeah, it's a reason you you start buying new wardrobe. I don't know why, but I got an idea. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the reason is, but I know what the symptoms look like. You know, so ain't nobody crazy in no relationship. And when you're giving up on the communications, and like I heard someone say earlier, when a person you're speaking or trying to communicate with them and they don't have no reply, come on. They they walked out. They done checked out. They don't even have the common courtesy enough to go into a, a reasonable exchange with you. The very basic of a relationship is reasonable exchange. So they checked That's out. True. You know. And um for the anger side, man, you probably want to get into a uh, a waiting pool full of piranhas and to deal with somebody who made up their <laughs> mind and really angry with you and you've given them reason to be angry with you and for the person to make up their mind, especially when a lady makes her mind up and she done, by the time it gets to enough is enough, enough been way too much. Enough been way too much. Right. <laughs> You know, amen, okay. amen. All so, right. Well, anyway. On that note, I think we'll uh, take a few minutes. Thank you so much, Lord Ellison. I think we're going to take a few moments, take a break, and we okay. will be back. Breaking the silence, healing the pain. We're talking about divorce when enough really is enough. We'll be back in a few. Hello, everybody. My name is Towns Douglas, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addictions, and depression. Domestic violence. We are breaking the silence, healing the pain. Let's just put it out there. What do you think? Sex addiction is it a diagnosis or an excuse? It's, it depends on the person itself and what we define as sexual addiction. All sexual addiction is not negative. Our topic tonight will be marriage versus living together. Does a piece of paper make a difference? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so what type of are we referring to here? Let's clarify that. <laughs> So come on, you survivors, join us every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern so you can break the silence and heal the pain. Right here on SOAR. This is the Soul of America Radio. to the host. 
784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host, Worldwide Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. And welcome back to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Okay, we are back. Uh, So we've been talking about divorce and when enough is really enough. And we've had a lot of very interesting calls. We want to thank uh, Ward Ellington, Jr. for calling in and Charles. Um, Mark Anthony. Yes, ma'am. I'd like yes, to ma'am. see what you have to say about this subject some more. Because you are you are you are very well read, very well traveled man. I'm sure you have some other things you might want to share. Talk to us. Well, what I wanted to say, and thank you, Callie. And oh, by the way, Tony, yes. happy birthday! Okay, yeah. okay. Oh yeah. man, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I can now go to clubs. I'm 21. Thank you. (laughs) What's funny about that? Um, (laughs) Because you was just 19 last year. Okay, you done jumped up. There you go. Okay. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> Should I say that out loud? I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> but but it, anyway, uh, at the at the beginning of the show, I was saying why uh, enough is enough. Sometimes it's not a bad thing, and I wanted to share why. You know, sometimes we say we've gotten to our breaking point, but we can also look at that as a changing point. Enough is enough. You know what you've just gone through, and it's tragic, and it's very, very bad, but it is also an opportunity for a new beginning. You mm-hmm. know all the signs. You know all the signs because you've experienced them for a year, five years, ten years. You know all the signs. Now it's time to assess your whole life. Today, is a, a tomorrow, rather, is a brand new day. And you can start. Change your habits. Start looking out for yourself. Look out for number one. If you decide to enter into a relationship, you know the warning signs to look for. So sometimes when something bad seems to happen, it might be for a good reason. It might be your time at that point in time, to achieve a higher goal for your real purpose or your true purpose in life to start shining because you're no longer bogged down. With Mm. all of our callers and all the things that we've talked about, whenever you're in these toxic relationships, you're stressed, you're miserable, you're unhappy. Well, guess what? Once you get to that point, all of that is behind you now. Now you're free. You're free to explore your life and do things the way you want. You set the course because you don't have him or her pulling you down. You're not worried about him or her feelings anymore. Now it is about you and only you. So we can take something that's negative and also turn it into something positive. And by doing that, that also helps us heal. We won't forget the tragic events that have happened in the past. No, we won't forget that. But we can begin to heal because if we look at it in a positive light, that now we are about to move forward. All that baggage is left behind, okay? It's there, okay? We're going to move forward. I think at the end of the day, we'll be better human beings. And I just want to share that with you. Well said. I agree. I totally agree. And Natasha wow. said early on how um, how divorce feels like a, a death, and I've heard her say that uh, on numerous occasions. And I just like to say for anyone who is listening, who is either contemplating uh, uh, filing for divorce, or who is separated, who or actively in the process of getting a divorce, you know, there um, are support groups um, that can can help you and kind of guide you and give you some strategies to deal with it because when you have planned a life 
with someone and you find yourself however many years down the line and that didn't happen, it can uh, seem like a death, a death of, you know, what your hopes, your dreams, and your aspirations were for that unit. But that doesn't mean that, you know, life is over and that you can't find joy and you can't find happiness. And so there are uh, support groups that can can help you. And uh, one I'd like to share with everybody, and I'll post this on our page uh, after the show. It's called DivorceCare.org, and that's D-I-V-O-R-C-E-C-A-R-E.org. It's an organization that uh, has uh, classes actually, on different phases and different things um, that you can um, look at as you go through divorce, like uh, loneliness during the holidays or uh, what to do in terms of vacations or family gatherings, what to tell your friends, how do you deal with friends that were both your friends now that you're separated or divorced. It has about 13 different sessions, and you can take advantage of as many of those or as few of those as you'd like. I think the registration fee is between about 15 and $20. But if you go on uh, org, you can uh, click on uh, find a group and put your zip code in, and it will give you locations of, of where the meetings are. Um, if you would like to call in, you can call at 800-489-7778. That's in the United States and in Canada, and also internationally, since we do have listeners uh, and members on our page that are international, the number is Seven, excuse me, nine one nine five six two two one one two. Once again, the international number is nine one nine five six two two one one two. So I just want to share that. Uh, so in wrapping up, we have a few more moments, so we can go around the table and everybody can uh, can give their um, final thoughts on tonight's show. Tony. Well. I'll end it with a quote from Henry Youngman. He says, the secret of a happy marriage remains a secret. You got it, Latasha. Say that again. (laughs) They didn't get that. The secret of a happy marriage remains a secret. I like that. I like that, too. It'll sink in tonight, about 3 in the morning. Let that marinate. Do you have any parting words, Sasha? Yeah, I do. I, I just all I can say is uh, that, um, and that was a good joke. I think it's funny whether y'all think it's funny or not. That I think, that, <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I, if y'all think but about it, it y'all gonna thank me for that. But anyway, I I, I want to say that enough is enough. When is enough finally enough? Sounds like a and I'm repeating this because. That's the way I see it. I see it as a person that has tried everything, and I see it spilling over into the kids. I see everybody's life miserable, and I and I see people that can't communicate for whatever reason, and there's anger, there's frustration, and a bunch of emotions. You break down spiritually, you break down uh, physically, and finally you break down emotionally. And I think that's when it's time to, to, to decide as a, uh, as a couple uh, what are we going to do here? Because this is spilling over into my job. It's spilling over into the kids, and, and I think it can be tough. So I would suggest anybody that's going through that, uh, Janoris gave some good information. You can get it on the page if you didn't get it from here and go from there. And that's all I got. And I just want to say that if you can work your marriage out, work it out. Divorce was never meant to be, but, I mean, I'm not saying to stay in a abusive relationship where there's abuse. But, you know, there's so many, um, you know, I'm glad that you put in the groups out there, but there's so many different places that you can get help. But both parties have got to be willing to put in the work. Okay, and in parting, I'd like to say this. Uh, I think it's important that uh, when you are contemplating a divorce that you exercise Every option that you have, if you want to try, see what it is that you can do, do everything that you can do. And when you have come to the conclusion that you have done all that you can, then you can walk away and you can walk away knowing that I did everything that I could do. So divorce is um, a necessary thing, and it does not necessarily have to be the 
end, it can actually be the beginning. And so to everyone who is thinking about it, I can just say when it is time, you will know it. So you'll know when enough is enough. So on behalf of everybody here, Breaking the Silence family, thank you for joining us. We will be back on next Thursday, 9 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time. Have a great, great week, and we will see you. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night.